Radware is having a remarkable run. The Israeli provider of application delivery and security solutions for virtual and cloud data centers just posted record financial results. And Chief Executive Officer Roy Zizapel says Radware is adding resources and increasing investments to accelerate its footprint in the security and cloud solutions marketplace. Hello, I'm Eric Chabro of Information Security Media Group, and I'm pleased to be speaking with Roy Zisipel as part of Information Security Media Group's series of interviews with key CEOs of leading IT security providers. Welcome, Roy, and thanks for taking time to chat. My pleasure, Eric. I want to hear about the direction Radware is heading. But first, I want to discuss a survey your company recently conducted, which concluded that cyber attacks have reached a tipping point in terms of quantity, length, complexity, and targets. How so? I think we're seeing a continuous trend over the last several years that the cyber attacks are increasing in all, in all dimensions. And we believe the, that the key drivers for that are, are coming from multiple areas. There's a, a bigger government involvement in cyber attacks. Uh, the rumor the North Korean attack on Sony is a good example. There's obviously the financial motivation that's growing as more and more transactions and uh, and funds uh, and commerce is being conducted uh, online. And there's the regular activist activism that, uh, that takes place. The most famous group under that is Anonymous, but we are seeing many, many types of uh, hacker groups that are trying to make a political statement or other statement using uh, cyber attacks. So we are seeing a, a very broad set of motivations and at the same time uh, an environment, an IT environment using cloud, broadband, new attack tools that make it, makes it e even easier uh, to uh, start an attack. And as a result of those two, uh, we see cyber attacks continue to rise in, in numbers, in uh, sophistication, in complexity, uh, etc. The survey shows that 50% of technology executives say attacks when their systems last for a month or longer. What does that say about the state of cybersecurity today among uh, user organizations? It's clear that, you know, with that length of an attack, the current IT organizations and the, the current security organizations in those enterprises cannot really cope with such a campaign. It requires 24-7 uh, continuous activity and operation uh, during long weeks, and the current staffing, the, the knowledge, uh, does not match this, uh, this trend. It's clear that enterprises must seek uh, external professional assistance in their ability to cope with these uh, attack campaigns, and that includes beyond cloud services, also professional services that will really allow them to, to stand uh, such a, a long uh, time attack. Is this lack of knowledge or experience caused because there's just not enough people out there to do that and therefore they turn to firms like yours perhaps? Or is it that the, the, the management of these companies just haven't realized how important it is? Um, it's a combination and it's also the reality of uh, you know how we manage enterprises today for example you cannot allow yourself as, a, as an enterprise to have a group of people that all they will do you know during their daytime is practice against potential cyber attacks that might hit your your enterprise your IT staff is busy with day-to-day -day operational work and they don't have the time to get really uh, experts in how to protect defend 
uh, what are the tools that are out there, what are the hackers up to, uh, and really get both educated and get the uh, real-life expertise of how to uh, protect. As a result, and together with that, of course, the shortage in expertise in cybersecurity, we don't see it feasible even uh, for enterprises to build such capability uh, in-house. Earlier you mentioned a, a variety of it, uh, people, who, organizations, people who, who pose threats. Uh, what troubles you the most, the criminals, the rogue nation states, terrorists, something entirely different? From our point of view, when we are uh, protecting our customers, the motivation of the attacker does not matter. You know, they're using very similar tools, very similar techniques. Sometimes also the knowledge is moving between these groups and the attack tools is, uh, is moved between these groups. It's really about being able at all times to protect our customers and make sure their mission-critical applications are up and running even under attack. You say you're seeing relationships, say, between rogue nations and criminals? We're not seeing a relationship in terms of cooperation. But, you know, the techniques, the capabilities, sometimes, you know, the tools or the vulnerabilities are being used across multiple, uh, you know, I would say hacking types of groups. Everyone is seeing what's going on. So if you take the attack on Sony, everyone is watching it. The criminals, the activists, other governments, sometimes on the defense side and sometimes, sometimes on the offense side. And as more campaigns are uh, getting to the to the public knowledge obviously also the hackers are learning let's talk about radware in regards to cybersecurity. where's radware as a company heading in the next year five years past 10 years our focus is on protecting the data center against cyber attacks and we will continue to work on that area as we believe it's a critical area uh, that needs a resolution as well as we're seeing more and more attacks really going after the key assets of the enterprise, which obviously are, are, are sitting in the data center, whether it's the uh, on-premise or the private cloud data center or the hybrid and public cloud environments. As a result of the shifts in the IT industry itself, we are seeing also new requirements that are uh, putting more challenges on the cyber attack mitigation area. I mentioned the move to the cloud, which basically means that you have a more uh, challenging environment to protect. The fact that it's becoming harder and harder to validate user identity, given that a lot of private information has leaked during attacks and a lot of other types of information is simply made public by users over Facebook and other public sites. And last but not least, the growing sophistication of the hacker community. So we're seeing many, many challenges going forward that will require more advanced algorithmic research, more advanced cyber capabilities, a combination of technologies that are placed in the data center and in cloud services, a lot of external feeds of intelligence to broaden the scope of detection and mitigation. So we are seeing many, many areas that will require a more advanced development in the future to guarantee the availability of mission-critical applications. Why don't you give us an idea of what's in your pipeline, uh, or the pipeline, to uh, address some of those uh, concerns you just raised? So we are working uh, very diligently on the, on the fronts that I've mentioned. We are just releasing additional cloud services to protect against web application attacks. We are increasing capacity 
of our cloud mitigation to over terabit of uh, actual traffic mitigation at the application level and the network level around the world. We are increasing more and more and adding more and more algorithms to overcome hackers that are trying to imitate uh, real users and, and be able in real time to identify who is who based on real identity rather than just network-based identity. So there's a lot that's going on and a lot that we are working on. If I understand you, you hope in the coming months or years to be offer uh, some kind of uh, service or software that will be able to identify at- attackers, attribute attackers during an attack? We're already doing that. Already today, we believe we lead the industry in our ability in real time to distinguish between a real user and an attacker and to be able to allow the real user to continue the the operation uninterrupted while blocking the attacker. But as things are getting more complicated, also the defense, you should think about it like an arms race, where you need all the time to grow your capabilities and develop them as well. So right now, you provide services that you can identify who is real and who and who is uh, not real on the system so the people can continue their work. But are you able to identify where those hackers are coming from, those people who shouldn't be on the network are coming from? Today, we provide appliances, network security devices that sit in front of the data center, as well as cloud services that work together with those appliances that are able to detect an attack and mitigate it. When an attack starts, we are able to identify the actual attack and its characteristics, and then we have a technology that allows us, within the suspicious uh, traffic that we're seeing, to identify in real time which of this traffic is originated by an attack program or an attacker, and which of this traffic is just a legit user that looks like the attack traffic. This technology that we call challenge response allows us in real time to identify the specific hacker sessions, computers, and traffic, as well as location, as you've mentioned, that the attack is being launched from. In the future, we believe that as hackers are getting more sophisticated, and as, for example, they are able to take over computers of real users and operate them while the user is also uh, operating them, there will be required even a more advanced algorithms and technologies to cope with these situations. We are already providing a very strong solution, and as evidence to that, we have a very strong track record of protecting our customers under attacks. I just want to make clear that we're still not at the point where we can say, yes, this is the individual in China or Korea that is conducting the attack while it's going on. That, that's still not there yet. Is that correct? Uh, Absolutely, and I think it will not be uh, the case also in the future because the hackers are masking their operations by several layers of activity. So what we are able to know are who are the attack computers themselves, but to go that level back and identify who is the real hacker that stands behind it, that's a lot of forensics work that uh, in many cases ends in an unclear, uh, I would say, analysis because the hackers... Today, have a lot of ways to mask the real identity. How are you positioning Radware to grow? Will Radware seek to remain independent or will it be willing to be acquired by another company? And if so, what type of company? 
we are seeking, you know, at this point to, to stay independent. We believe that the market opportunity is huge. We believe that the trends in the market are favorable to the solutions we provide. And we think that what we do is very, very strategic to our customers. So at this point, we are focused on growing the company. We've just finished a record year again for the business, and we believe we can uh, really provide strong help to our customers in something that's becoming more and more strategic and critical to their business. Your security products employ the use of adaptive behavior in providing cyber defense as well as identifying signatures. How has these technologies evolved and where are they heading? Traditionally, the security world has used signatures to protect against attacks. And, and the use of signature signatures came from the fact that it was relatively easy to identify good versus bad traffic by matching the traffic versus a set of known types of attacks uh, fingerprints. And if there was a match, you would call that traffic uh, bad traffic. As hackers evolved over the last several years, their techniques, it's very hard today to match an attack traffic and simply by you know matching that traffic versus a database claim that it's a bad traffic. And the reason is, is that hackers are imitating real user traffic or stealing the credentials and and they're looking for all the systems as if they are a legit, authenticated user. That resulted in a strong need to use other types of technologies, and our focus is on behavioral technology, that based on the behavior of a single hacker or a group of attacking computers, we can really identify in real time whether it's legit users or not legit users. Obviously, these techniques involve a lot of math, We are, uh, for example, using a fuzzy logic algorithm in order to do one of the core tasks of identifying in real time the attackers. It requires a lot of uh, statistical analysis, etc. And we were able to develop these algorithms to a point that are extremely strong and accurate and allow us, as a result, to protect against new attacks unknown to the community without the need for a signature. And why is that important without the signature? If you're going to be attacked with a new attack, or in many cases some kind of a sophisticated permutation of even of a known attack, probably there will not be a match to the signature database that your vendor of choice is using, simply because it's new and was not seen before. To be able to protect against all the, the new attacks, you need something else from signatures. That's where behavioral analysis and, and similar techniques are coming into play. As behavioral na- analysis at your company advances, is it going to be just getting better at it, or is it, will there be something new coming along in a few years? I think under behavioral analysis, there's many, many different algorithms. So some of the algorithms will be improved, but at the same time, new algorithms will be invented and new capabilities will be added. A lot of uh, development, I think, will be done on, on crowd wisdom and, and, and crowd analytics, being able to analyze and take into account information from additional sources that today are not available for the current security algorithms that are uh, taking place. The evolution will be in multiple dimensions, uh, new sources of information, new correlation, Uh, between devices and and, and domains, additional cloud services, and additional algorithms to be used. Radware, like some other highly regarded IT security providers, were founded in Israel. Will Israel remain and grow as a center of cybersecurity development, or has it peaked? 
There's very good uh, future for the Israeli uh, cybersecurity industry. For years, Israel is, uh, is a very strong high-tech economy with a lot of strong background from the education institutes in the country, the top universities, the more and more startups and companies that are successful, that are creating the next generation companies. Together with that, I think that the cybersecurity market itself, because of the dynamic nature and of the market, the need, the need to continuously innovate, the, the fast pace that the market evolves, and the fact that you need to deal with a lot of uncertainties, all of these qualities are matching, I think, the strength of the Israeli high-tech community very well. Fundamentally, there's a good match between what Israeli companies know to do the best and the requirements to be successful in the cybersecurity market, and hence, I believe, there will continue to be prosperity. So it's a place where people still should be looking at for, for cybersecurity. Absolutely. Thanks, Roy. Toda rabah. Toda rabah. Thank you very much for your time. I've been speaking with Roy Zisapel, Chief Executive of Radware. I'm Eric Chabro. Thanks for listening.